Well, hey there. Welcome to the Prayer Podcast. I'm your host, Jan L. Burt, your fellow Jesus follower who very much wants to grow in my prayer life and encourage others in their prayer lives too. Here on the Prayer Podcast, we learn what the Bible has to say about prayer, and then we apply it by actually praying. It's my privilege to join you on this prayer journey. Now, let's get to praying. Hey there, welcome to this episode of The Prayer Podcast. I'm your host, Jan Elbert, and I'm really thankful that you're joining me for the show today. We're going to be looking at some verses from Psalm 69, so kind of right in the middle of your Bible, and I guess in a way, you know, basically right about the middle of the Psalms, or 150 Psalms total. Um, And this episode is just one that's, uh, it's got a little bit of a focus on Thanksgiving, and I know that's like... Yeah, of course, Jan, it's it's November when I'm recording this. It's November may not be when you listen to it, but we're coming up on Thanksgiving as I record. So yes, of course, being thankful is top of mind. And some of my my verses for I have a verse for the year each year, I just pray and pray until the Lord gives me a new one. And I've got to be honest, there have been times I haven't gotten a verse for the year until like the first week of January. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but then I also pray and ask him for a verse when I celebrate my birthday in August, like, can I have a verse for this year of my life? And um, this year's verses have to do with like, not the new year, but like my birth year being 51, which is, you know, I'm at that middle age, whatever you want to call it, stage of life. It's, they're like, they have to do with Thanksgiving. All of the verses have to do with Thanksgiving. And so I think about Thanksgiving a lot. I've been thinking about it since August. I feel that one of the things God has called me to do is to just be thankful to him daily during this particular year of my life. And so uh, having said that, I want to say I'm so thankful for you for taking the time to listen, for being willing to hear what God's word, not what Jan, but what God's word has to say about prayer, and then growing in your prayer life. And I hope that you are encouraged when you pray because the word of God has spurred you on to pray with more boldness and certainly with more thankfulness. A grateful heart is a beautiful thing in the sight of our Lord. So I want to wish you a very happy an exceedingly blessed Thanksgiving. And I am so thankful for you. Psalm 69. It's an amazing passage. It really is. This one chapter in the in the Bible, like this one, and I'm going to call it a chapter, it's a psalm. This one psalm in the book of Psalms contained in, in the beautiful gift that we have in the Bible, and it is a gift for us. It's so profound. Psalm 69 teaches us how to pray with raw honesty from the very depths of our despair and our suffering. And it reminds us that it is okay to take our hard things to the Lord and to cry out to him. I think we pretty it up too much sometimes. And we need to remember that we have permission to talk to God about the really hard things. And maybe more than talk to him, to cry out to him. Sometimes we think that crying out should look like anything other than actually crying out. Like, oh, I'm going to have crying out to the Lord. Did you actually cry out to him? No, I, I didn't. I just, I tried to keep it nice and neat and tidy and clean and look like a 
a good little church girl, if you will, right? Any Anybody else that's a female ever feel like you need to keep up the good little church girl appearances, especially when you're praying? Because if you're really crying out to God, doesn't that mean that you don't have faith? I don't think so. I don't think we could say that David didn't have faith. That would not accurately describe David. He's a man after God's own heart. We have descriptions of him that are that are beautiful, and we see his life laid out in living color before us in the Old Testament. And then we have so much of his prayer time, which was also his worship time, laid out for us. You know, it's warts and all, you might say, in the Psalms. So I don't think it works if we want to cry out to God, but we don't want to actually cry out to him. Is it piety? Is it religiosity? Um, You know, he doesn't want those things from us. He doesn't. Could it be that God loves us so much that he wants us to bring this stuff to him, to literally do, as Peter said, cast all our cares upon him? And why? Peter tells us why. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Is that maybe what he wants us to do? What might happen for us, in us, and through us? And how might God be honored? And the people around us a whole lot less stressed out. If we took those worst moments and those hardest things directly to God in prayer first, first, like not text about it, but pray about it, not post about it, pray about it, not gripe about it, pray about it, not harbor it and hold on to it and grow resentful, maybe even bitter, which, ooh, a root of bitterness is just... Man, ask the Holy Spirit to yank that thing out of you because it is just, it's toxic for you, for your walk with the Lord, for all your relationships, um, for your health, for your mental health, for your physical health. It's just toxic. A root of bitterness is never a good thing. If you recognize it or the Holy Spirit shows you that in you, pray and ask him to yank it out, all of it, and to leave no remains. What might happen to the people around us if we would take those things to God and be honest Not worry so much about being perfectly cleaned up in our prayer time, but just share our heart with him. I'm not saying you unload on God. That's really not right. Read the book of Job if you want to have a little bit of a a right perspective. And by the time you get to the end of the book of Job, it's like, oh, all right, I understand Job. I put my hand over my mouth. I can relate to Job in that. But David shows us we we can pray to him. We can take those things to him in prayer. Not accusing him, not yelling at him, not railing against God. No, not at all. Not at all. I personally believe Uh, That dishonors him to a point that, you know, the New Testament tells me that what I know the good I ought to do and I do not do it, that is sin. The good I ought to do is praise him, glorify him, thank him, especially in the hardest things, especially in the hardest things. You know, in the New Testament, we find that Christians were so excited to suffer for the name of Christ. We don't really often enough recognize that the thing we might be going through could really be the suffering that we get to do, get to endure for the sake of Christ. Maybe we need to do a little bit more celebrating and rejoicing and thanking God that we have the privilege of being counted worthy of suffering for his name because it is being counted worthy. I'm not talking about everything that the devil throws at you is from God. I'm talking about, as Martin Luther said, even the devil is God's devil. It's all got to go through the filter of the Lord's hands. So I'm not talking about railing against God, but I am saying rather than have a fit Send out all those text messages, make that social media post, or just sit and stew in it and let it just consume your thoughts. 
take it to God. God, this person did this to me and it was so painful. And I don't know what to do with these emotions. And I don't know how to make in my own flesh and my own strength. I don't know how to make my thoughts change to be obedient to you. I need your help. And, and I'm going to take the actual hurt of it and give it to you and talk to you about it in prayer and try to end those prayer times thanking God. Thank you, God, for the peace that you've promised. Jesus, thank you that you're going to give me the peace that you promised me. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're going to guide me through the next steps. I worship you. I rejoice in you. And I look forward to the day when I'm with you in eternity. And I will never have these kinds of situations again, because all things will be set right. You will make all things new. That is a healthier perspective. Pray about it, whatever the it is, and then leave it with the Lord and leave it in his safe and competent hands. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we just simply forget how safe and how competent it is when we put it in the hands of our God. His hands are so safe and so competent. There's nowhere safer. There's no one more competent. Leave it with him. Leave that with him. Roll the burden off of you and take peace with you out of your prayer closet. And, um, you know, if you end your prayer time and you're just distressed out and you have no peace, can you just pray again? So, whoop, that didn't get, didn't get the job done as far as like rolling the burden off my shoulders. And that's one of the things that the Lord wants for us. So back into my prayer closet, I go, I'm going to just keep doing business with the Lord and ask him to keep doing business with my heart, my mind, my flesh, and ask him to help me to give him the burdens, actually release it to him. Don't take it back after praying on it. Let him have it when you give it to him in prayer. Actually, like think of like giving it to him. When you give something to someone, if you just turned around and said, I'll take that back, please. Thank you very much. You didn't give him anything. Give it to him in prayer and leave it there. I'm going to read a few verses from the 69th Psalm. And today I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. Verses one through three. Save me, O God, for the waters have threatened my life. They have come up to my neck. I have sunk deep in mire where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters where a flood overwhelms me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes fail while I wait with confident expectation for my God. Verses 14 and 15 say this. Rescue me from the mire and do not let me sink. Let me be rescued from those who hate me and from the deep waters. Do not let the flood water overwhelm me, nor the deep waters swallow me up, nor the pit shut its mouth over me. Verses 20 through 23. Reproach and insults have broken my heart and I am so sick. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. They, self-righteous hypocrites, also gave me gall, poisonous and bitter, for my food. And for my thirst, they gave me vinegar to drink. May their table, with all its abundance and luxury, become a snare to them. And when they are in peace, secure at their sacrificial feasts, may it become a trap. May their eyes be dimmed, so that they cannot see. And make their loins shake continually in terror and weakness. Okay, regarding verse 21 where it talks about giving them gall and giving them vinegar drink for the thirst. We know that there are times that David was just writing a psalm and crying out to God. And there are these beautiful pieces woven in to different psalms that are, are prophetic about what Jesus would go through. We know that verse 21 was fulfilled on the cross. What I, the point I want to make with this is that 
when you pray, you're close to the heart of the Lord. Where, where do I get that idea from? Well, from this right here. David, as he's crying out to God, he's obviously close enough to the Lord that the Lord, via the Holy Spirit, and yes, there is evidence of the Holy Spirit moving and acting in people's lives in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God is giving him, in turn, words to pray that David can come up with this stuff on his own. This is Holy Spirit given. This is from the Spirit of the living God. This is prophetic. And it's also intermingled with his prayers. That's why I say he was close to the Lord. You, you're probably not going to be getting that kind of intimate, uh, I guess, kind of like a direct download from the Holy Spirit if you're not close to him. I hope that makes sense. So it's a confirmation and an assurance that when we pray to the Lord, we're close to the Lord and he is close to us. Verses 29 and 30. But I am sorrowful and in pain. May your salvation, O God, set me securely on high. I will praise the name of God with song and magnify him with thanksgiving. Okay, so just from the verses that I read, we find that there is a lot, and I mean a lot of emotion wrapped up in this passage. There's a lot of crying out to God, getting real, getting raw, and just being incredibly honest with him. Can you relate to this at all? That's kind of a rhetorical question, kind of a introspective question. The rhetorical part is, yeah, I know you can relate because you live in this world and things are hard here and we all go through really, really hard things. So yes, you can relate to the emotion because we all have emotion. Are you able to get raw and real and honest with God the way that David did? That's the part of it that's more introspective. It's not, I guess, able is maybe the wrong way to phrase it. Are you willing and if you're willing, are you also able? If you're willing, he will, he will enable you to really pour out your heart to him. And then look how David kind of ties it all together at the very end. I will praise the name of God with song and magnify him with thanksgiving. He doesn't say, you know, if you'll do this for me. I think of Jacob and Esau. And Jacob had a moment where uh, as he was fleeing from Esau, it's all the way back in Genesis, and uh, he falls asleep and he sees the stairway to heaven and he wakes up and he says, surely God was in this place and I knew it not. I did not know it. Um, and then he's like, well, I'm just going to kind of make a, it's like, let's make a deal sort of a feeling here. And I know I'm, I'm, uh, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. It doesn't say Jacob wanted to play let's make a deal. That's not in the Bible, but um, you get what I'm meaning. Like, if you will bless me in these ways, you'll be my God and I'll serve you forever, forever. Now on the way back, when Jacob is fleeing from Laban, because Jacob was a deceiver and he thought he was pretty good at it, most likely, you know, I'm kind of getting away with this stuff. I tricked my daddy into getting the birthright, blah, blah, blah. That's a whole nother issue. Esau had a hand to play in that and so did their mama, but he still was a deceiver. His name means deceiver. It's just what it means. On the way back, as he's running from Laban, his uncle Laban, who was yeah, a much better deceiver than him. The degree that Jacob was, it's like uh, the ante got upped a lot, him dealing with, with Laban. So he's going back to Esau. There he has an experience with God where he wrestles with God all night and the Lord touches his hip. Jacob walked with a limp for the rest of his life as an absolute 100%, you can't deny it, proof daily. He felt it. If he walked with a limp, I'm thinking he was feeling it. You know what I mean? Anybody ever find themselves limping? You limp because it hurts. You don't limp because you want to. Something is uncomfortable, and so you limp. He knew with every step he took for the rest of his life 
I had an encounter with God. He said, I won't let you go unless you bless me. Different kind of a dynamic there from going in. Jacob, let's make a deal. If you do this for me, then I'll serve you to the way out. It kind of was like, I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting you go. And the Lord touched his hip and put his mark on him. Sometimes God's mark on us comes with a limp. And that limp can end up being the most beautiful thing in our life. And for and maybe not for everybody looking at us limping, but for us personally, it's like, oh, I know how I got that limp. And I'm so grateful for it. That's, that's the mark of my moment. My life was changed right there. Everything changed. I had my moment with God. And his life was changed. God said, your name is no longer Jacob. Now your name is Israel. It's a really beautiful, beautiful moment. Can you relate to actually being more like later life, Jacob? Or do you still feel like maybe you're a little bit more like early life, Jacob? I'm going to say this with as much kindness and caution as I can. And from a place of my own genuine empathy and understanding and perspective. The holidays can be really, really hard for a lot of people. They just can be. It's just the truth. For a myriad of reasons, they can be really hard. Be a little tender and sensitive. Be prayerful and mindful. Be listening in the craziness and the busyness and so much to do. Just be listening for the Holy Spirit to um, kind of give you just wisdom and counsel as you're dealing with people. You don't know why people might be struggling. Sometimes they don't even want to let anybody know they're struggling because, you know, people don't really like it, especially in the church if you have a hard time with the holidays. It's supposed to be just the greatest time of the year. I'll counter that with, I think Easter is our big holiday, right? He is risen. He is risen indeed. But I, I will say, like, there's an expectation or it can feel like it. And just be sensitive. Let the Holy Spirit lead. The holidays are just hard for so many people in and out of the church, everywhere you go, at work, at the gas station, everywhere you go, you could potentially be dealing with somebody who's really having a hard time because of the time of year it is. On a personal note, my father died right before Thanksgiving when I was 15 years old, and it was difficult. And then add some other losses to that that had to do with that time of year. And, you know, November through December, they just were not my favorites for for a hunk of time, for several years, probably about five years. It was like, oh, these are really, this is just hard. I did not love that this time of year that we're in right now. Having my own family, you know, my husband and I, it just changes things. We began to like rebuild this time of year, or I guess in my mind, I began to choose to rebuild this time of year, if you would. And of course, with the Lord's help, it's not so hard now. In fact, I would say it's not hard at all. But I did have a moment of being honest with God about some hard things in my life. And that was helpful as I began to walk through it with him, work through it with him, let him comfort me, heal me, encourage me. But not everybody is there. See, that's where my journey took me. A lot of people are still in the hard place. If you need to spend some time with the Lord to just share your heart with him in prayer, be honest do that. Take that time. Carve out that time. We don't make time, only God does, but we can take the time he's given us and choose to use it well. If that means you've got to take a really long walk, if you've got to go for a drive, if you need to just go drive your car to the grocery store, sit in the parking lot and spend that time with the Lord and then drive back. Even if you don't need anything other than a gallon of milk and you just spend the rest of the time sitting there, 
with the Lord. Go ahead and take it. I give you permission. You have permission. Share with him in prayer. Be honest and know that he's going to hear you. And what he did for me is he heard me. He helped me. He changed me. And he began to bring restoration and beauty out of something that was painful. He can do the same for you because he's no respecter of men. My prayer for you this Thanksgiving and moving forward on toward Christmas and then into the new year. I am praying and I have prayed as I prepared for this episode and I will pray again after I wrap up the recording of this episode. My prayer is that this Christmas will be a season where God brings you healing, where he really does help you in ways that you just know it's him. And those ways may not have anything to do with anything that you can actually feel or touch. It may all be internal, like it's, it's from God and it's just for you and super special and precious to you, that he holds you close as he comforts you, that he blesses you in every way that will be meaningful to you and that will be most like glorifying to him and draw you closer to him, that he'll change you and set your feet on solid ground. And by change you, I don't mean like, oh, there's something wrong with you. I mean, I can do this and it's not so heavy anymore. And I, I'm changed. I'm changed. That's a good place to be. And as I just spoke about those words, that really was my prayer over you today. I'm not going to out loud, write down, pray them again over you. I prayed before. As I spoke them, I was thinking this is a prayer for every listener and I will pray afterward, but this is where I'm going to leave it today. Uh, I'm expecting God to hear me. I'm, I'm believing him for an answer on your behalf. Lord bless you and be near to you this holiday season. And I'll see you back here next time. Thanks again for joining me today. Bye-bye. so much for joining me today on the prayer podcast it's a blessing to read what the bible says about prayer and then to be able to pray with you remember to always pray and never give up see you back here next time